Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're in a series called Baggage. Starting this series today, I'm excited about this series. Uh, you know, we, we played on words a little bit with unpacking uh, a, a better you. But really, as I was praying through this and as I was kind of praying about where God wanted this direction of this uh, sermon series to go. God kind of started sharing on my heart on really as a, as a whole, as humans, all of us in this room and online, we, we all have baggage. There's no person on this planet that isn't carrying some sort of baggage. And so, you know, it's, we're going to take some time this month and really unpack some of that stuff and really evaluate, really self-evaluate and see where God uh, is kind of pointing his finger for us to help remove that baggage so that we can continue to be who he's called us to be. And, you know, baggage, we get the scripture really uh, from being a weight. And really in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, I want to show you really where we get the text of the scripture. It says, therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin so which easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight. And baggage can be a weight. And then he says, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. All throughout the scripture, uh, our, our walk with God, our journey with God, our relationship with God can be illustrated as a, as a race. And so he's saying, listen, we're in this journey together, this marathon with God, this relationship with him. And so let's strip off, let's lay aside the weights, the baggage, if you will, that are keeping us from getting to the destination where God has for us. And, you know, many of you have probably uh, traveled before, and I got my little luggage up here. And, you know, many of you probably traveled. Have you ever been on a, you ever been traveling and getting on a plane and you're late for your flight? Anybody, you, ever been, you ever been late? And, you know, it's like 8.20, and you're at the check-in desk, and it's like, it's like your flight's at 8.50. And you're, like, asking the people in front of you, sir, ma'am, would you let me go in front of you? My flight's at 8.50, and they're like, ours is too. I remember just recently, you know, before we had our child, you know, it was actually last year, and I remember everybody told Ashley and I, listen, you got to go on a baby moon. Before you had the baby, you got to have a baby moon. You got to go on a baby moon. You got to go to a baby moon. Some of you don't know what a baby moon is. That's all good. Go on a baby moon. And like one last trip before you just let it all go. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking? So anyways, that being said, we went on a baby moon, and we traveled down to Orlando, and we were going to fly out of Orlando, and we got to Orlando, and we were late, and Orlando's a big airport. If you've never been, it's big. And I remember Ashley, she's pregnant. She, she, she wasn't carrying the baggage. I was being a good husband. I was carrying both bags. <laughs> and I had a duffel bag, and I remember the duffel bag was over top her bag, and, my, and her bag was like this. And so we're kind of like, I'm like running through the, the airport. Like I'm walking fast. Now, Ashley's pregnant, so she was like wobbling. You know, she wasn't running. You know, I don't know why pregnant women, but they lead with their stomachs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And like they're holding their backs, they're leaning with their, so she's like walking around trying to, she, I'm carrying everything, I'm running, I'm like, babe, you better hurry up, this is my baby moon too, you, I'm leaving you if you ain't at the desk, I'll see you later. I'm gone, he gone. And so I'm running through and she's wobbling, trying to catch me behind me, and all of a sudden, no joke, true story, in Orlando Airport, we're riding, and I hit this like dip, and like the, the ground was a little uneven, I, we hit this dip, and like one of the wheels got caught on the ground. 
I don't know if you've ever been rushing through an airport and one of the wheels gets stuck on the ground, but what happens next is not good. The wheel hits, all of a sudden, wham! There goes Jordan. I'm like on the floor crying, ah, I think I broke my arm. Ash, Ash. She's like, you better catch up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she gone. Well, see you later. My back's been hurt for nine months. You did this to me. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That being said, your baggage, I know I'm being funny, but really, oftentimes, this is how it can be with us and the way that we live our lives with baggage. We can be looking forward to a destination and a future and a purpose that God has for us. We can be wanting a future with our spouse or wanting a future in our relationship with God. And what can happen is the baggage of the past can get us to where we're trying to wobble around and get to, and we get stuck on something. And all of a sudden we trip and fall and we're like, what in the world? Why is this happening? What's going on? And it's because we've not taken time to really evaluate self and remove some of the baggage that's weight. It's what Hebrew calls it, that's easily hindering us from continuing to run the race which God has called us to. And so I want to talk to you today about that. We're going to talk about that for the next few weeks, but really, today I want to talk to you, which really is a great start for this series, and really I want to talk to you about, I believe, one of the greatest baggages that we all carry, and that's negative thinking. Negative thinking. Every person on this planet deals with some sort of negative thinking. This is not something we ever arrive to until we get to heaven. Why? Because the enemy tries to plant lies in our brains and our minds negatively about our spouse, negative about our friends, negative about ourselves, negative about our future, negative about something going on around us, negative about our church, negative about God. There's always these thought processes that come in our brains and what can happen is if we're not careful, we can allow these negative thoughts to create homes in our minds. We'll talk about that in a minute. The Bible says... In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man thinks or as a woman thinks in their heart, so they are. Meaning this, the way that I think is the way that I'm going to live. The way that I'm living my life right now is a reflection of my thoughts. The way that I am living my life, the way that you are living your life right now is a reflection of of your thought processes. The question that we must ask ourselves is what are those thought processes? Because we can oftentimes want a different result in our life, but our our thought processes are negative and so we'll never reach the the, the things that we want because we're always thinking negatively. You'll never have a positive life with a negative mind. And again, I don't want you to feel like, well, this is just a self-help talk. This is one of those motivational speakers things. This is not even biblical. No, it is the Bible. We just read the Bible. But I don't want you to think this is like, okay, if you just think it long enough, it'll happen. That's not what we're talking about. I'm not trying to self-help here. How do I know that? Because guess what? If we went to the gas station, all of us, if I went to the gas station and I sat in line and I said, I'm gonna think real hard, these gas prices are gonna drop. (laughs) I'm gonna think real hard. Gas prices drop, gas prices drop, gas prices drop, gas, gas. I can't even speak, gas prices drop. 
And I'm thinking about it. And you know what? The gas prices don't drop. You know what I say? Hey, sir, come on through. You can go. I'm going to keep on thinking because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to keep, I'm, if I think it, it's going to happen. And so gas prices are going to drop. Gas prices are going to drop. Bad gas prices. I can't even talk. Gas prices going to And here's what happens. I wait so long thinking that my thoughts are going to change something. And here's what happens. I got to go take out a loan because gas prices keep rising. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about we think something so much so that it happens. We're talking about as I think, I believe. And as I believe, I live. My thoughts are the seed of my life. And so as I think it, I'm planting those seeds in my life. And so then I'm going to see that come to pass in my life. Does that make sense? So I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, if we think it, think it, think it, think good, think it, good, think good thoughts, good vibes only, good vibes only, good vibes. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about where if I'm thinking negatively and I'm thinking about bitterness and I'm thinking about the, the unforgiveness and I'm thinking about the hurt, here's what's going to happen. Bitterness and anger and hurt is going to overflow out of me because that's the seed I've planted in my mind. Make sense? It's important that we understand this. Uh, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Here's the question we have, have to ask ourselves. Where are my thoughts taking me? Where are my thoughts taking me? Are my thoughts taking me to live a life of purity? Are my thoughts taking me to live a life of kindness? Are my thoughts taking me to a place of living a life of forgiveness? Are my thoughts taking me to a place of living a life of confidence? Are my thoughts taking me to a place of living a life of faith? Where are my thoughts taking me? Because my thoughts, as they, wherever I think, they're the loudest thoughts, that's the direction my life is going in. And so we have to take moments and evaluate, what are my thoughts really look like? Because if I'm not careful, my mind will wander and I'll live, start living away and responding away that I never wanted to. And it's all because I never checked here first. What's rooted in our mind will come out in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they're divine power to demolish strongholds. They have, they have divine power, excuse me, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love this. It says, for we, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. It doesn't say though we live in the world, we don't wage war, period. It says we don't wage war like the world does, showing us that we still wage war. There is still a war going on for you and I's soul. And the battlefield is not this earth. The battlefield is this mind. The battlefield for our souls is our mind. And so here's what happens. The enemy's weapons, hear me, I'm telling you, the enemy's weapons on this battlefield are lies. And he says it right here, I love it. He says, you know, we demolish strongholds. Strongholds are li believed lies that create, pr us, create prisons or fortresses in our mind. So it's like a, we believe a lie and then we create almost a, a fortress or a prison where this it's so much so we believe. We think it we, and then we believe it and so then we live it because we will always live what we believe. And so here's what the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to come in and tries to start creating lies in our brains to get us to believe something, strongholds, to get us to the point of where it becomes a, a, a 
becomes a point, excuse me, where we become our own prisoners of our own mind. There are so many people that are trapped in their own minds with insecurities. There are so many people that are trapped within their own minds with depression and anxiety and stress. And these are all things that were never intended for us to have. I'm not belittling those things, but what I'm saying is I'm saying we have to be a people to say, okay, I have to be aware that my thought processes are not just thought processes. No, they are a battlefield that the enemy is trying to lie to me to get me to a point where I believe that lie. So I'll live out in a way I never intended I would to ever live. And God never intended me to live. And so this is what we have to do. We have to evaluate what it is in our mind. We become, we become prisoners. And in fact, I really believe it actually cripples us. That negative thinking gets us to a place where we create strongholds in our minds and it's crippling. It's like this with this weight, you know, with, the, with, this, with this bag. You know, if the more weight you put on this, the harder this is to drag around. If you fill this up to the point of where you can't move it, next thing you know, guess what? You're not going anywhere. It's the same thing with our minds. If we just continue to allow the lies of the enemy of, oh, you're not good enough, or oh, you know, you'll never make it, or oh, you're not as good as so-and-so, or oh, whatever it may be, or oh, whatever, I don't know, whatever lie the enemy may play, or that person doesn't deserve our forgiveness, or that person, whatever lie it is, we allow those things to keep becoming weights in our lives. Next thing you know, it cripples us, and then we're not able to even function and live the way God has called us to live. We become prisoners of our own mind. So here's the question. How do we remove this baggage? If we know negative thinking is wrong, if we know everybody deals with negative thinking, if we know it's not God's intent for our lives, how do we really walk out and live in freedom and remove this baggage? I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter four and verse six, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and commendable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We love, as Christians, to talk about Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about everything. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just gonna pray about anything. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And here's what happens. We love that scripture and we think, okay, yes, I'm just not gonna worry, I'm just gonna pray. But I love it here, right here in this scripture where he starts to write and he says, listen, I'm not just gonna tell you to pray about it. Yes, pray about it. But then I wanna give you practical application to show you how to not be anxious about everything and to fix your thoughts. He says, fix them. Meaning they're not right. You don't fix something that's not broken. You have to work on it. You have to say, I need to fix this. I need to work on this. And think about it. If something in your house, for those that are married in the room, if your wife's got a honeydew list and you, your, the, the fan's broke in the living room and your wife's got it on the honeydew list, I hate to tell you, if you just stare at the fan and your wife comes home and she says, did you fix it? You said, no, I'm waiting. It's going to fix itself. Your wife's going to be real upset. She'll probably slap you in the mouth. Probably not. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. It doesn't fix itself. You got to get the ladder out. You got to do the work. You got to unplug. You got to do unplug the things. You got to fix it. And then once you fix it, 
then it functions the way that it's supposed to. It's the same thing with our minds. He says, fix your thoughts. It's not just, oh, I hope my thoughts will be better. It's not, oh, as I just time and as I just go, my thoughts will get better. Oh, as I mature and get older, my thoughts will get better. No, it's I have to fix my thoughts. And I love it. He doesn't just stop and say fix. He actually tells us how to fix them. Now, that being said, let me give you our first point before I get into how to fix it. We have to do this. In order to really remove the unwanted baggage of negative thinking, we have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to think about what we are thinking about. Oftentimes, we don't even think about what we're thinking about. We just let our minds wander. And we get to a place way down the road in our minds where we never should be. And it causes all this anxiety and all this stress and all this negativity and all this, these issues. And then when it should be, we got to just take a moment and say, okay, wait, what am I really thinking about to fix our thoughts? And I love this. He gives us practical application on how to do that. And I love this. And why does he do this? Why does he say fix your thoughts and then give us application? Why? Because here's what I believe. You can't defeat what you can't define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. Meaning this, if I can't define my negative thinking, I'm just gonna say, oh, it's all good. Negative thinking, yeah, okay, don't think bad thoughts and I leave. No, but if I know, okay, I need to think differently about that situation and that person because I've had bitterness towards them. Now I know I have a target that can define it. So now because I can define it, I can defeat it. If it's impure thinking, for those that may be walking through impurity, okay, I know it's impure thought processes. Okay, so here's what I have to do. I know I have to target that. Why? Because if I can define it, I can defeat it. So I'm defining it. It's not just negative thinking. It's these thoughts on this impure things. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start working on that and target that. I'm going to begin to fix that in my life. Think about what we think about. I love it. He says this, fix your thoughts on what is true. I love that he gives us practical application. Here's literally what we can do right here. If you're asking these, if you're, if you're having a thought process, you can stop and how do we really think about what we think about it? You stop and ask, is this true? Is this thought about myself true? Is this thought about God true? Is this thought about my coworker, my boss, my friend, my future, is this true? And oftentimes we can answer it yes or no. So we're thinking about something negatively, something happens and we think negatively about something that's going on in a job and then we think something like, well, I'll never get a promotion. Now what happens because I, never, I feel like I'm never gonna get a promotion, now I hate my job. So now it's all stemmed back from me being miserable at my job from thinking I'm not gonna get a promotion and so it all comes back to, okay, is it true I'm not gonna get a promotion or not? No, it's not. Why? Because God's the one that gives promotion. He's gonna promote us if we are faithful with what he's called us to do. It's a promise. And so this is what we have to do. We have to ask ourselves when we're going through these thought processes before we allow them to wander, is it true or is it not? And if it's not true, we know to cut it off right there and we can move on. We don't have to even think about it anymore. Make sense? Is it true? I just ask a question. How do, you, how do you think about what you think about? Ask a question. Is this true? Is this true about me? You think maybe you're not worth something. You think that you don't have a purpose. You think that you're not, you're not pretty enough. or you may, Whatever you may be, that you may cause insecurity in life. Is this really true about me? No. The Bible says we are sons and daughters. We are, we are, we are literally king, uh, the sons and daughters of the king of kings and lord of lords. And then he says, is it honorable? It's what I'm thinking, honoring the person I'm thinking about. 
is what I'm thinking, honoring the person. Because oftentimes we'll be thinking negative about somebody. Somebody says something about your hair. Come on, somebody. Like, girl, your hair be looking ratty. You're like, mm-mm-mm. Now the next, next six years, all you're doing is thinking about how old so, oh, girl said your hair looks ratty. You know what I'm saying? Is it honoring? Well, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about what someone did to you. I'm not, that's, that's a whole different message for a whole different day. But what I'm saying is it has to start here in order for us to find freedom out here. Is it honoring? Is it right? Simple question. Is it right or wrong? So is this, is this thinking right or wrong? Is it pure? Big one. Is it pure? Is this, is, I asked ask the question, is this thought process I'm having about this person, is it pure or is it impure? If it's impure, then you know, I got to remove this thought. It allows you to evaluate. Again, we're thinking about what we're thinking about. Is it lovely and kind? Is it, is it lovely and commendable? Excuse me. Is it kind? Is it something that is kind? Is it honoring? Is this is what we have to ask ourselves. Again, because you can only defeat what you can define. If we just allow our minds to wander, actually, statistically, someone said, I think it was a year or so ago, they did a statistic thing where they said about 70 to 80% of the day that we have in our day, our hours, are thoughts where we don't even think that, we don't even know what we're thinking. We're just thinking. Our minds are so wandering. They're not focused thoughts. They're just wandering for like 80% of our day. That's a lot. So for us, as believers, we say, okay, God, we want to make sure that we're thinking godly thoughts. We want to think, make sure we're thinking honorable, honorable thoughts. We want to make sure if we know that every thought, the, the strongest thoughts is what directs my life. God, I want to be aware and intentional about making sure that I'm taking time to think about what I'm thinking about. Why? Because I want my thoughts to be godly. Why? Because I want to live a life of godliness. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take captive of every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love it. It's, we, first, we have to think about what we think about. Then second, we have to take captive of every thought. Take captive of every thought. And what he means by this in this scripture is literally means you put your thoughts in a prison. Put your thoughts in a prison to take captive of them. And oftentimes we don't do this. Like I said, we oftentimes allow our minds to wander. It would be like if you had a dog, a puppy, and your puppy was not trained, and you just you were hanging out with you and your puppy, and then you had to go to work, and you just let your puppy just, 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 you know what, puppy, have your way at my house. You know what, puppy, the couch doesn't matter. You know what, puppy, the bed doesn't matter. Pee on the bed, pee on the pillow. It doesn't even matter, puppy. The house is yours. Do whatever you want. I'm not gonna be here, so I'm gonna be unaware of what you're doing, so don't even worry about it. Just do what you gotta do. Then we come home after work, eight hours of work, at work, and we come home, and the house is in a complete shambles. And we're like, why? Why would you do this? It's the same thing with our thoughts. We allow our minds to wander and we don't take captive of the thoughts and here's what happens. Then we get to a place where we come back and we start to be aware of the life and the fruit that we're seeing in our lives that we don't like. We see the hurt, we see the shame, we see the regret, we see all this, the depression and we see the anxiety and we see the worry and we're like, why? Why, why, why is this happening? It's because we've allowed the enemy to just plant lies in our minds to the point of where our minds just wander and now we believe things and now we get to a place in our lives where we say, God, we don't know what's going on, but we need some help here. We have to take captive of every thought. Just like you would put a dog in a kennel. I know it sounds crazy, but you need to kennel your thoughts. You need to put the thoughts in your kennel. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a dog and you don't like dogs, we'll pray for you. We know God loves you still, and we'll just really believe for you. 
But no, seriously though, it, it's important that we would say this, okay, I'm gonna take captive of my thought and I'm gonna make sure I'm putting them in prison. Now, you may say, well, how in the world do I do that? I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us right here in the scripture we just read a moment ago, in Philippians chapter four and verse six, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and, peace, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He gives us three ways right here. He says, listen, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but, but in every situation by prayer. Number one, how do we really take captive every thought? We pray. We ask God, ask God to help you. God, I don't wanna think that thought. God, help me not think that way. Ask God to help you. The Bible says, if we ask, we will receive. And so we're asking God, God, help us. We're praying, we're seeking God. Then it says, and, and with thanksgiving, we pray. And how do you take captive of every thought? Pray and then praise, thanksgiving. See, oftentimes what we do is we pray and say, God, remove the thought, God, remove the thought, God, remove the thought, God, remove the thought, God, remove the thought. And then we don't get the thought removed. And we're like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Well, here's what happens. We want God to remove something, but if you, in order for him to remove something, we have to replace it with something, okay? So God, I, I want you to remove this, and not only am I gonna remove this, now I'm gonna stop focusing my attention on this thought. Now I'm gonna focus my attention on praising you for the things that you've done in my life. God, you know what? I, okay, for those that are single in the room, oh God, where's my spouse? Where's my spouse? I'm not, I'm not, am I ever gonna get married? I'm never gonna get married. No one's ever gonna love me. No, and all these thoughts, here's what happens. No, okay, God, remove those thoughts. Then, not just remove those thoughts. Now, I come over here and now I start to praise God. God, thank you that you love me. And thank you, God, your love is all that matters. And thank you that you chose to give your life for me. Thank you, God, you have a future for me. And we start to speak the, the thanksgiving of our heart of what God has done. And here's what happens. It shifts our brains from the thought process of negative thinking to where God is wanting us to be. And here's what happens. Our lives begin to change. Can't just pray it. You gotta praise it. And then also... It says right here, I love it. It says, and to guard your, a peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. It's a, it's a praying, it's a praising, and it's peace. I love that he says the peace of God will pass all understanding. And he says, he says, and will guard. The peace is our shield for negative thinking. The peace of God is a shield towards our negative thinking. He says he will guard your, your heart and your mind. It's a shield. And you're like, well, what does that mean? How does that work? It means that it's like this. I, mean, I, I need to pray. I need to ask God. Then I need to, I need to praise God. But then also, I need to find a, some peace in my life. Meaning, I may need to get away from the world a little bit. I may need to turn off the news. I may need to stop scrolling on Facebook. I may need to turn off Netflix. I need to find me some peace. Why? Because all this intake from the world is getting me to a place where I'm beginning to believe something and causing me to be anxious and have anxiety when God is wanting me to say, no, I'm gonna remove it. Yes, I wanna praise it. Yes, but then also, God, I need to step away and find a peace in it to shield me from these lies. See, we think God a lot of times is a genie in a bottle and that's not who God is. Yes, he's all powerful, but he's also expecting us to take a step and say, I want you to fix your thoughts. How do I do it? I pray, I praise, and I find peace in my life. This is good stuff. I feel good about this. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. Man, you're really preaching to me today. 
You're welcome. You're like, this guy's crazy. I kind of am. Take captive every thought. How do we really remove negative thinking? The baggage of negative thinking. We first think about what we think about. We take captive very thought, and then as I close today, it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to make sure we're defining, we're defining what we're trying to defeat. We've got to be able to define it. We've got to think what we think about. We've got to take captive every thought. We've got to make sure that we're, we're praying and we're praising and we're finding peace. But then also we have to take moments and we say, okay, God, I want you to renew my mind. It says it, that we're transformed by the renewing of my mind. Now, let me say this very quickly for those that may not understand. This is not talking about salvation, okay? We don't fix ourselves for salvation. Salvation is free. We can't pay or earn salvation. Jesus already paid it. This is not salvation. This is transformation. So salvation is God has renewed me and made me a new creation. The Bible says that all, all the old things have passed away and a new life has begun. I'm born again. I'm a new creation in my heart. Transformation is now I want my life expression and an overflow to be what God and to represent what God has done in my heart. And that all starts with here. I cannot be transformed if I don't work on this. I can't have a new life with an old mind. Mm, that is something I'm preaching of. I feel good about it. I didn't say that in first service. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got a freebie there. And so we oftentimes hear me, we oftentimes think, well, because I'm saved, I'm just going to fall into thinking good about myself and fall good into thinking about what's true and not true and fall into to letting go of bitterness. No, we have to fix and begin to renew our minds. Well, how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 is so that we might, he might sanctify the church having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the, with the word of God. How do we renew our minds? We allow the word of God to begin to overflow and overwhelm our minds. We fill our minds with the word. Here's another way I would put it. We have to change our intake. We fill our time and our mind and our mental space. Hear me today. I'm closing. We, we fill our mental space with so many things of this world. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about just bad things. We fill our mental space with things of this world and we give God five minutes of a scripture. And I'm not hating on you if you only read a scripture. That's great. Please read a scripture, study a scripture, meditate on scripture. That's great. But if we're only giving God two seconds of our day and we're giving the world every other second of the day, what's gonna th what do you think is going to overwhelm our minds and our thought processes? And then we get to a place where we feel like, why am I so stressed? Why am I so consumed with stress? Why is it that I'm so concerned about this job and this promotion? Why am I so concerned about my future and my purpose and my direction? Why am I so concerned about being married and not married? God, God why is my mind overwhelming me? It's all because we're dragging around negative baggage. Where God is saying, listen, all you got to do is start here. 
Start with renewing your mind here. And how do we do that? We start to shut off the things of this world. And we start to shut off the news. We start to shut off the... Listen, if you're dealing with fear in your mind, shut off things that bring in fear. If you're dealing with impurity in your mind, shut off the things that are creating impure thoughts in your mind. It's all because we're trying to drag. But God, we got a future with you. And God, we want to be a good Christian. And God, like we're starting 2022, right? And we want to live for you. But yet we're here, we're dragging. And it's all because our mind's still going here. And we're trying to go here. And we're here. And all God's saying is, renew your mind. Remove the baggage, the weight of negative thinking. And watch how God begins to transform our entire lives. I love that he doesn't say, I'll transform your faith. He doesn't say, I'll transform your relationship with your spouse. He doesn't say, I'll transform your job. He says, you are completely transformed every area of our lives. As I was praying over this series, I said there's no better topic to start with than negative thinking. Because so a man and so a woman thinks we are. So we must be a people that say, okay, we understand negative thinking is not good. And so God, help us to think about what we're thinking about. God, help us to put a prison around the thoughts that are not of you. And then God, help us start and continue to renew our mind. Why? So that we can be transformed into his likeness and being who he's called us and created us to be. Amen. Can we pray today, Father? I thank you.